Welcome to It's Your Business Leader podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking to me in game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real-world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology, and my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. In this cast, Foundational Influence, Part 2. Being open to being influenced first. One of the funniest things about influence is this idea that we have to have it all figured out and we have to pursue our own agenda. I think it's actually far better to consider the fact that if you're open to the influence of the other person, of the employee, if you're in a leadership role, you actually become even more influential. And there's a particular way that we have to think about this in order for you to to really appreciate where I'm going. But Let's start out with coming back to something we talked about in the last cast, where we're talking about listening and building trust. And it's this idea that comes from Fisher and Yuri's book, Getting to Yes, Position Versus Interest. When we operate from a position, we literally are operating from a reasonably closed mind. But if we can get to the point of interests, we can find other right answers. And I think this is really critical for you as a leader to think about the interests versus the position. Positions are, in a, in a sense, a, a summary. It's a shortcut. It's, it's really just lazy thinking. And that position, if we cement it in, like it's got to be this way, my way or the highway kind of mindset, you lose a lot of power. And power in the sense of influence. You, you lose your ability to influence the outcome because what you're left with, when you, when you have a relatively closed mind about your position, you will inevitably have to force it on your followers. And that, God, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, that is just hashtag stupid. If you're forcing your position on, a, on your followers, you're not influencing. You're doing power. Just pure and simple. It's power. If you force it on people, they're not going to come willingly. They're going to come grudgingly. They're going to accommodate you. They're going to comply with you, but they will never do it willingly. They will only do it as long as you're paying attention and watching. And that is not influence. So we need to get away from position thinking, which is really lazy thinking, and move into a space where we're starting to think about What are my interests behind this position? Because if I understand my interests, then I have the possibility of finding another right answer as I listen to my employee and we have a conversation. Are there exceptions to this? And this is a really important point. Are there times where we need to stay with our position? And the answer is absolutely. If you're addressing a policy issue, if you're addressing a precedent issue, where you know that there are future consequences, then by all means, stay with the position. But also recognize you are no longer in the, in the area of influence, but really your 
expressing or leveraging the power and the, the formal authority of your position. Another area where there may be an exception to operating from position is really, I want you to think about if there are potentially adverse consequences if you don't go down this road, if you don't stick with the position that you've outlined, then it's entirely possible that we want to stay in that space and and stand with the position. But just recognize that every time a leader uses formal authority or power, You're not operating as a leader as much as you are someone with formal authority within an organization. And there is a price to that. Your your employees will follow it. They'll follow the decision because they have to. Not because they're influenced by it, but because they have to. Their continued employment is dependent on them not contradicting you. So it's really important that you get this. There are times where a position is the right place to be, but more often than not, If we can take a step back and understand the interests that we have in that position, and we operate from those interests, we can find other right answers. It's an example I want to share of this point, where many years ago, I was the quality manager of an organization I worked at, and our organization was undergoing an upgrade from a legacy system to a brand new enterprise resource planning software. Our quality team was responsible for getting material test reports out to our customers. In the legacy system, it was automated. It it happened as a matter of course. In the new system, there was a learning curve required in order to figure that out, and we hadn't climbed the learning curve yet. So we had a problem. Because these material test certifications were not getting out to our customers in a timely manner, we ran the risk of having our product rejected by our customers and creating a big old mess of reverse logistics and all kinds of things. So what I did is I went to my three lab technicians who were responsible for performing the tests and getting the test certifications out. And I, I went to the senior employee and I said, I want you to focus on nothing but getting these test certifications out to our customers. And then let the other two lab technicians just do the actual tests because there was more work doing the tests anyway. And I thought the issue was resolved. What's my interest here? I mean, my position was you do this job because we need to take care of our customers. My interest was really about how do we, how do we make sure that our customers get served and that we climb the learning curve, we get all of our, our job requirements done. I didn't have a firm position on this. I had more clear interests of take care of customer, take care of company, and get these test results out. Well, a couple of days later, I get a call from the lab tech that I'd asked to do all of the certifications. And he said, yeah, I talked to the other two employees and they're way better at the computer than I. So I'm going to do all of the testing and they're going to get all the test certs out to the customers. And I thought, okay, that sounds good. And I'll never forget the plant manager of that facility When he heard this story, he comes up to me and he's like, oh my God, I'd never have allowed that. I'm like, why not? It's a good outcome. I wasn't stuck on my position. I was really focused on how do I get the interest taken care of? And this employee had an alternate approach that got the same outcome. I was good with it. But you see, sometimes when people don't operate from a place of leadership, they operate from a place of management. They don't see it the way I see it. They're, they're stuck on if your position gets undermined, then your leadership is undermined. And I'm like, I didn't see it that way. So 
make sure you understand the interests, not just the position. Because if you're just stuck on the position, you're going to be forcing it down your employees' throats and create compliance rather than commitment. Now, let's look at a, a simple corporate example. So I want you to imagine that you work for a large national corporation and somewhere in your corporate headquarters, wherever they are, they make this major change to some aspect of your business. And the word comes down from the CEO to the C-suite, into the, the vice president ranks, into the directors, into the ops managers, you're going to need to make the following change in the way your process works. And you as an ops manager or a supervisor are looking at this particular decision and whether you agree with it or not isn't, isn't the point, you know you've got to do it. So it's kind of like a position that this is a change that must be made and there's not really a whole lot of wiggle room into how that change is made because it's coming from corporate. So we've got to have our employees comply with the change in the way that it's laid out. Even there, though, there's something really important that we need to consider, that the tactics of implementation, the tactics are usually not fixed. When you think about it, if a change comes from corporate, it's the big picture change in, in what they want done. We're going to modify a process. We're going to go and do Lean Six Sigma, for instance, whatever it is. And they're not going to talk about who's going to be involved and what the details are necessarily in that first pass. They're going to give you the big picture and they want you to implement some major aspect of, of this initiative. It's rare, absolutely rare, that the tactics of implementation are laid out in the initial change memo or change notification. So what I want you to think about is this. The change itself is non-negotiable, but how you apply it, how it, the tactics of it, how it's implemented in your individual area has a little bit of space, a little bit of wiggle room. And if you involve your employees in how it's going to be implemented in our area, where you have a clear boundary that what we're implementing doesn't change, but how we implement it has some flexibility based on what we think is best, I think you'll find that even in this, you're open to being influenced by your employees and by giving them the opportunity to speak into how this change is going to be done. They have just enough autonomy that they feel like they're being included in the conversation. It's not being forced down their throats and they will get on board far quicker. So this idea of being open to being influenced is a really critical one. If you are open to the possibility that someone else has a, a way of enhancing what you want done, or Maybe they have an opposing perspective, but there are elements in their interests behind that opposing perspective that you could weave and incorporate into your outcome. You stand a far better chance of being influential and getting what you want done, done. The key to, to influence with this technique is to allow the other person to influence you first, but don't get stuck on the position. Look for the interests behind it so that you can weave them into your outcome. And make sure when you do this that you give them full credit for their ideas. It's incredibly powerful when you do it together and you don't make it all about yourself. All right, in our who does what by when, I want you to look for an opportunity where you have to implement something and what is going to be implemented is very clear and well prescribed so you can't change it. 
But then look at asking your employees about how should we implement this to make it most effective? And that really is the key question. How can we implement this to make it most effective for us? So that's our who does what by when. We'll see you on the next cast. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.